Yes, people, it is episode 200 and something uh, of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? It's, uh, it's Saturday, 13 minutes past 11. I'm in the motor. I'm on the motorway. I'm on the M1. The, the motor, the first motorway. Motorway 1 is what I'm on. Um, heading back from Birmingham. I've just done a gig up front comedy. Um, shout out to John Simmett. Yeah, if you don't know John Simmy, he, he he was a Teletubby. He was the black one. You want me to meet a black Teletubby? There was one darker than the rest. That was him. That is John Simmit. Um, so he runs up front comedy. So shout out to him, putting me on again. Worked with him a few times. And shout out to them as well, because they brought, uh, they bought, sorry, Zadie uh, address. They bought Zadie address as a present and he presented to me on stage after I finished my set which was great um, I'm not sure if I would have got the dress if I was shit <laughs> they were like hey I'll hold back the dress don't we're not giving him that alright nuts but um, no shout out to Annette Fagan MC and Javier Harkin after me and Curtis Walker I couldn't stay for Curtis because I had to get home like I said it's quarter past 11 now I'm not home yet so I had to shoot off man I stopped at service stations twice, once for sounds eight, one for a wee. It's been drinking so much water and uh, just liquids just to keep you awake because the, the music thing doesn't work for me. Play like really loud music, nah. That's that 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 doesn't work for me. I I need liquids, um, preferably coffee. Um, I've had one iced coffee because I do want to go to sleep. Because I am so underslept right now, it's nuts. It's, um, if you weren't this geek, I, I would have said I, I am not coming out to play. It, it's, it's just nuts. I'm just so underslept. Obviously, you know why. Obviously, the baby. Um, but it's all good. I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at myself. Because there's a few times where, you know, Naomi's just gonna go to sleep. I'm like, yeah, cool, I'm gonna go to sleep. And then she gets up, baby's crying, she gets up, I wake up. And it's like, there's not much I can do to help breastfeed. But I still just wake up. But, um, but yeah. So that's, uh, that's what we've been doing, we're gigging. Well, just that gig tonight. So yeah, I'm not sure when I'm next gigging. Maybe next week, some point. Not sure when. Oh, Friday. Friday, I'm at the Chicken Shed. Chicken Shed in North London, the MC. I'm hosting. Ah, oh, that'd be fun. I just remember I'm doing that. But um, that's what I'll be doing. That's the comedy stuff out of the way. Um, actually, and I met I met someone. I met someone from Facebook today. Really fun when you meet um, people who you talk to online a lot. So shout out um, Ola. Um, Ola. I should say Ola. 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 Did I actually ask? I said it both ways in the conversation. She didn't correct me either way. But you know when you meet someone from Facebook and they look exactly like how they look on Facebook? And I said that to her and she goes, do you know what? Everyone says that to me. And that must be such a weird thing to hear because you're like, what, what else do I look like? like? You don't understand how people do themselves up. Filters, old photos. Her, when she walked up to me, she, she came on the humble tip of, oh, hey, Darren, I'm not sure if you know me. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Just straight away, I was like, you look exactly like your picture. That's you're you. But um, shout out, uh, and just shout out everyone who came and spoke to me uh, um, after my set. It's, it's nice. What we do as comedians, gonna let you into a little bit of a secret here. 
Right, um, this is stuff that I definitely do. I always wear a hat, sometimes my glasses, um, into the gig. I don't wear it on, into the venue. I don't wear it on stage, but I wear it in, into the venue. Now, depending on how well I've done, uh, if, I, if I've done well, I will walk out in the interval in what I was wearing on stage. So people can recognise me and go, hey, brother, that, listen, that was funny. Yeah, you're, you're sick, you know. You're good. But if I've been shit, you better know I'm putting on my hat, my glasses, I'm putting on a jacket, and I'm zipping it up, and I am just trying to walk out. I'm trying to walk out. Don't talk to me. <laughs> but today I walked out just in, in the T-shirt, no hat. I was like, yeah, do what? it went all right today. It went all right. It was fun. Had a lady come up to me. Uh, me and the other comedian, not just me. She just came backstage. Um, and she just wanted to thank us all. She goes, I have not left my house for two years. She was like, two years! I've not left my house. And I was like, I mean, the pandemic hasn't been for two years. So I don't know why you haven't left your house since 2019. But I'm happy you're out. <laughs> I think, you know, someone's telling you a story of being nice. You're like, this is the time to correct them, Darren. Yeah, let, let her have this. So I was like, oh, I won't correct you. It's cool. But no, but the sentiment was there. The sentiment was lovely. She was basically saying, look, I ain't been out of my house for two years. I was anxious. I was nervous to come out. Uh, you know, I was just worried. She goes, but thank God. You know, I've survived COVID. Her husband has. Her two kids have. She was, so she was just happy to be out. And she said, to come out to this, she was like, I was nervous to come, but now I'm here. I've laughed so much. And she goes, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it to the second half because I think I might have a heart attack because I've, <laughs> I've laughed so much. And I was like, doing what? That's heartwarming. That's really heartwarming because I was literally saying to Annette backstage, this lockdown has messed people up mentally and psychologically for like so much, man. Like a lot. To the point that I haven't really appreciated it. Like, uh, I remember speaking to one, uh, Facebook again, speaking to someone on Facebook, you know, how they've been affected by it. Like, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because, you know, I've got my wife at home. Um, this through lockdown, obviously, I've got a baby now, but I have a wife at home, and me and my wife get on. You know, we have a nice living situation. Um, even though moving the house is stressful, that, that's a blessing in itself, to be able to move house. Um, I kept my day job, but well, I changed job. Kept my day job. You know, got got paid more. Um, so my life was sweet. The only thing was, it was the luxuries. I can't go out. I can't go to restaurants. I mean, I'm gonna let you guys a little secret here. I still visited my family, right? Because for me, that was all mad. Like, I saw people online go, oh, "I see my mum. I see my mum. The twelve months." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." But you, you know, you could. But I guess some people just follow the rules. So if you have followed the rules, the letter of the law, you've followed everything that's on the news, you're hearing all the death counts, the cases, outside is Armageddon and you do not want to be involved. But it's lucky for me, I was outside, I was looking at this, I don't feel that mad, I just have to wear a mask, but it feels kind of normal outside. Uh, I mean, and uh, I was just living life and ordering stuff on Amazon whereas I guess for some people they were really trapped in their house so to come out after all of that 
is one a massive psychological hurdle you have to over, overcome, you have to jump over a barrier. And then if you're going to come out and it's going to be a shit night, you're going to be vexed, but she seems to have a really good night, man. And I thought, rah, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to bring that joy into someone's life. Um, even if it was just me on stage for 25 minutes, just the, the appreciation this woman had, it was, it was massive. It truly was massive. And I appreciate it. I appreciate her coming out. And then that coming backstage and being able to come backstage and talk to us. It was just nice. But, um, yeah, that, that was my gig. That was my gig. It was fun to be on stage. Just gigging. Um, what else have I been doing this week? The football's back. Football. Makes you laugh. Football. To all the people who said Bun England. <laughs> now support your English team. So that's got the same fans that were chatting shit. We were in England flag that they now they now got your team's colours chatting shit online um, it's good to see Arsenal lose <laughs> good to see Arsenal lose and good to see Saka get support get a standard ovation um, Tottenham set the trend there we did it in a friendly let it be known we set the trend Tottenham set the trend that when Bukayo Saka comes on, you stand up and clap. That's what you do. Um, but yeah, but Arsenal were predictably rubbish, as I thought they'd be against Brentford. Um, so I don't think there's anything for Arsenal fans to panic about. Didn't think you were going to be Brentford. Um, then today I watched Man United Leeds. Jesus. United were rampant. Absolutely rampant. Well, I'm in the wrong lane. Wait a minute, guys. Sorry, just need to concentrate. Don't end up in him or Hempstead. Um, but no, so yeah, United are absolutely rampant today. And I was just like, football is back. I can't wait to see Tottenham get beat up by Man City. <laughs> but I will see, man. I'm just enjoying football being back. My brother. Actually, a few people. It's not just my brother. My brother messed me about Super Six, which um, is a Sky thing. You have to predict six results. He's talked to me about Sun Dream Team. I've had about seven invites to a Fantasy League. Listen, guys, I don't do Fantasy League. All right? I quit five years ago after many years of being crap at it. And I hate Fantasy League because I support Tottenham. And it truly is... Oh, it truly is enough to support a rubbish football team and have your weekend ruined by that football team. Get up, mate. Come on. Do us a favour. Get across. Thank you. Um, and it truly is enough to have your weekend ruined by your team. You don't need your weekend ruined by like Wolves losing 3-0 because you stupidly put Connor Cody in your dream team. Like, I don't want that. I don't want to be watching Tottenham play like Man United. And because I've got Luke Shaw on my team, I'm like, oh, I just want us to win 1-0 because I've got Luke Shaw. I'm like, fuck that. It's, that's not nonsense. Absolutely nonsense. I don't want that. I want to be able to support my team and just be pissed off at my team. Just be vested 
in one team. Like, I don't want to be vested in every single result. You know what I mean? Tottenham win 4 0. And now I'm pissed off because Palace. Palace lost. Or well, Liverpool only won 1 0. And I had Salah as captain. And it was, it was Marne who scored that. Who's got time for that? I ain't. I ain't. So, no, I'm, just, I'm done. I'm done with Fantasy League. I'm only on five years clean. And it's good. Just get off your weekend, man. Get off your weekend. Get pissed off if you get to make substitutions. So you still got, like, someone captain. It's like, you didn't want them to be captains. It's like, nah, nah. Allow it, allow it, allow it. Then you end up getting beaten by, like, Helen in accounts. Who knows nothing about football. He's like, I swear your husband picks your team. He's like, that, he don't. He don't. He's got his own team. He's, he's like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And she's like 40 points clear on the table. So I'm like, no, I ain't got no. I'm getting pissed off for no reason. So no, none of that. Um, so that's football's back. Um, what else been going on? I know someone got shot a lot of people in Portsmouth or Plymouth. One of those shit coastal towns to get with P. Ends in mouth. I don't know, I ain't followed it. Literally ain't followed it. Um, I've just seen on on the social medias that people said it's a white person, it's an it's an incel. Why have they not uh, classed it as terrorism? I don't know. I don't know why they classed it as terrorism. I guess because maybe it's not actually terrorism. Um, I don't is it terrorism? Do you need like... Here's the thing about terrorism though. Do you know there's no agreed definition there's no internationally agreed definition like no body there's like the world world whatever organization and, and, and there's no official definition it's up to like 37 different definitions like if you go right we're back again so if we go on so that's it if you go on the cia website there's one definition if you go on like the fbi website there's another definition or terrorism, like, no, there's not an agreed, there's not a uniform definition. And because of that, we have these moments where something happens and we go, well, is that terrorism? Is that not terrorism? And then it leaves us all going, it's because he's not brown. It's because he is brown. If he was black, if he was this, he's a lone wolf and Granted, the media doesn't help. Right, we know, we know the deal. We know the deal. The, you know the colours, the colour scale. That if they're white, they it never really gets called terrorism. But I do remember that earlier this year, a white guy was called a terrorist. It, they just went bang straight in. I can't remember which instant it was. I think I screenshot it because I knew I wanted to bring it out in arguments. But I can't look it right now because I'm driving. Um. But I know it happened. And I saw, and I, because what I like to do is, look, I understand the narratives, and it's easy to go with emotion, because these emotions do come from somewhere. It's not made up that we see, that we all feel that brown people get called terrorists straight away, and uh, white people don't. That doesn't come from nowhere, but it's also, we can't ignore when it doesn't happen. Because they might get rid of that feeling that it always happens. See what I mean? Um, but, look, what right now with the Plymouth Portsmouth guy? He sounds mad. I know that a bloody three year old died. He shot his own mum. 
think someone said, imagine giving birth to your own killer. Just like, jeez. Um, and he was an incel. I, I, the, the incel movement, I don't get. Like, involuntarily, involuntary celibate. Like, do you know you can just not be? Like, you can pay. Pay for sex. <laughs> you want sex that much, but... I've read some of these incel guys, man. They're nuts. It's like they've got a thing called Chad. Chad's like the guy who gets girls. And they're pissed off at these girls for not sleeping with them. That's what it is. Women are whores. But these same women who are whores won't sleep with them. So they're mad. And they think they, so they hate women. I was like, that, that makes no sense. Like, how are you going to call a woman a whore? And then she won't sleep with you. Like, that's going to make you mad. I mean, I, again, we saw about this on, on, uh, on bloody on Facebook about um, about people's... Um, I was speaking to a guy, Franco, about... He posted about guys who don't like single mums. Like, they always just rip into single mums. Like, they just say just odd shit. Like, it's, it's like... Like, you know, there's tearing into them. And his thing was, like, if you don't like single mums, cool, but just leave it, they just allow it. Well, you seem obsessed. And I said this again, it's this weird dynamic that single mums are meant to be in an easy lay. Um, wait, what's this car doing in front of me? Come on now. Yeah, they're meant to be an easy lay. They're meant to be desperate. So... If guys have that attitude, and I say they're meant to be, that's, that's what I think. This is what these guys think. So if these guys have this attitude that they're desperate and easy lay, and they're talking to these women, and these women are telling them, uh, you're not my type, they're like, who the fuck are you, no? <laughs> How dare you? You, you? you don't even know your baby father. Look at you, you've got strength well, so you're disgusted and you start ripping into the woman. Uh. So try to lower her self-esteem, so then hopefully she gets down to his level. So then he can go, I don't want you now anyway. But no, 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 that's not what's going to happen. But what I'm saying is that it's the mental gymnastics that these kind of... I said, I said it was an incel subgroup. And it is, it's like it's these guys, they can't get women. So they start saying women are the problem. Rather than just, you know, up their game, invest in themselves... Make themselves better. Nah, no, dude, so let's just tear these women down. So this incel Donny, he's just like, he, he just needed a dad or a big brother to be like, come on, mate. Sort it out, you prick. But instead, he's gone and killed six people. He had his gun license taken away from him, then given back to him. I don't know why it was taken away. I don't know why it was given back. I can presume that it was some kind of fuck up. Because it always is. It always is some kind of fucker. That's what it is with these institutions, these organisations. There's no coordination with these things. So I was speaking to our uh, our midwife, our community midwife comes to visit. Obviously because we've got a baby, make sure baby's the right weight and all that. She was saying like about um, child welfare. Like because all these organisations aren't linked. So she said the schools, police. GP, um, the midwife, the health visitor, they're all on different, like, systems, yeah? They're all on different systems. 
So then when one goes, listen, this is what we need to do. Uh, no, oh, sorry, they won't say that. One of them will go, right, uh, social services as well. So they'll be like, right, this is the report we've written, but all the little incidents aren't enough for us to escalate it, so we'll leave it. But imagine every organisation is doing the same thing. And then when the fucking child ends up dead, what happens? They all come out and go, well, we were watching them. Oh, we were watching them as well. Oh, we were watching them and we visited 120 times and we noticed this. And we noticed they would have let us in. And we noticed cigarette burns on the child's... It's like, hold on, so you've all got this picture. Now, if you just all spoke to each other, you would have seen fucking madness was going on in the household. And I think it's the same, like, guys like that, man. Like, they don't... They sneak under the radar because... There's so many organisations and no one's taking ownership. No one's going, this, alright, listen. We need to get in contact with these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys to know if he's come across their radar. And that's how it should be. But instead, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. Um, it's just disjointed. Even like within one organisation, HMRC is an example, right? I remember one year, um, when I did my placement year at uni, so you get charged, you get taxed for like the whole year when you don't work a whole year, right? That's what happens. So I remember, someone goes, just write a letter to HMRC and you can get your tax back for the year because they've overtaxed you. I was like, cool, I write one letter to HMRC. I get a letter back saying, nah, we've, uh, we've rejected it, we're investigating. No, sorry, once said we're investigating, I've got another letter saying we've rejected it. And if you want to if you want to appeal, write a letter to this. So this is like two days after. And then as I'm about to write my appeal, because I'm pissed off, I get another letter. That's the check for the amount that I replied for. <laughs> I'm just like, what? It's so disjointed. How can I get three conflicting letters? One investigating, one reject, and one just gives me the check. And that, that's what it is, man. Just these organisations are big. People aren't paid enough. They're not motivated. So they don't do their job properly. And like I said, just people end up dying or in danger. Right? It's shit. It's proper shit. Um, what else is going on? The Emmys have happened. Um, I haven't watched the Emmys, but I saw that um, a transgender lady, um, trans woman, I think it's MJ Rodriguez is the actress's name, she has been nominated as best actress and some people are in a little uproar about that saying that how can she be an actress, she's a dude, she's born a dude, she shouldn't be in this category, um, or they should have their own category, now here's my thing. Right, my view is this. My, oh, actually, I'll, I'll do my underlying point at the end, but let's do, tackle the issue itself. Should someone who's a trans woman be in the male category or the female category? The answer is she's been the female category. My thing's this um, I'm not someone who screams transphobia. I'm not, I'm definitely not. You know, because I think there's some issues around that fall under the umbrella. Of um, trans issues that I don't think are transphobic. For example, when a child should be able to decide that they want to change gender and 
when they should get like medical intervention. Like I don't think it's transphobic to say, yo, I think nine's kind of young. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think that's particularly transphobic. I don't think that's particularly, uh, you know, radical to say that. Um, yeah, you know, worst case, it's worth a debate. It's worth a conversation, at least. You can't just go, you know what I mean? If a nine-year-old can't get a tattoo, the nine-year-old can't vote, um, it's mad to say you can't get a tattoo because that's altering your body and it's permanent, but you can change sex. You mean you have gender reassignment surgery? Like, that's nuts. Like, so kids want to be wardrobes, they want to be lions, witches, yeah. So I think we can't just bounce them with of children, right? That's one thing. But for me though, so if that's your, so that's an issue to discuss. So in that same breath, if my issue is about children doing that, then I will shut my mouth if someone has had to live. Because I, but here's the thing: I don't know what it's like to be trans. Yeah, but if someone's lived their life unhappy, unhappy, feel like they're in the wrong body, and they struggle through that, and then they get to an age where they go, do you know what? The time's now. I've got to transition. I have to, like, I am so unhappy. I can't do this anymore. I'm suicidal. I'm in the wrong body. And they transition as an adult. Uh, they've caused no one any harm. They, they're not, they're not even campaigning, nothing. They're just doing them transition to me do you you're, you're i will i will respect you as female now whether i date you or not it's a different conversation but i'll respect you as female i respect you as male whatever you transition to yo i respect that because you you've obviously it's a lot i don't know i put it like this how much it would take for me to transition is is that like i just would never so that gives me the idea of how much it must take for someone else to, right? It's no, because I'm not trans doesn't mean someone who is trans is just light work to change, you know what I mean? To have gender reassignment surgery, like, it's just light work. Cut is not, surely not. So for me, MJ Rodriguez is definitely an actress. She should be in all the categories uh, for best actress, if that's what her. You know, her, her acting work has, has granted her. Some people's going, nah, 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 nah. They should have their own category. I was like, hmm, yeah, no kind of thing. But because um, someone's saying like, oh, there's there's roles that only trans people should be able to do. I'm like, I hear that kind of, but not really. Maybe. I guess if it's really political, it's really historic then yeah, maybe he's just like a, a, a trans person to do it. But sometimes who you think is right for a role isn't right for a role. Like we've seen movies where like, say someone like Michael Jackson, who, you know, he's, I'm actually outside my house now. Um, yeah, so, whoa, how's, how is that happening? How is that happening? How How is that happening? How is that playing and recording at the same time? Mad. Okay, is this still recorded? I got confused. That confused the hell out of me. Um, right, yeah. Like I say, Michael Jackson, for example, who uh, he's a black man. So does that mean only a black man should play Michael Jackson? Because it may not work how you think it's going to work. We've all seen the picture of Flex and... Was it Flex Alexander? Um, you know, guys in one-on-one. 
play Michael Jackson. Looks flipping ridiculous. So, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't always work. Um, so you may not be the best suited for the role. Just because you're the same race as the person, it may not work. Seeing Flex Washington, or whatever his name is, covered in white face paint, it was just, it was mad. It's like, what, what are we looking at here? Um... Oh, wait a minute. Wife just called where we paused it. Mad. Sorry, that was, that was Naomi calling me saying that, am I knocking outside? And I'm like, no, I've literally just pulled up outside because I could hear knocking. It's like, oh, no. I projected myself to the front door. But um, anyway. So what was he saying about uh, trans people having their own category? No. So maybe, maybe not. I don't think there's enough trans roles to have their own category. And hey, you've got two categories that they can easily fit into, male or female. Now here's my actual view on uh, categories: is there's no need for gendered categories for art. I understand for sport, you need men's sport, you need women's sport, and you need to keep them separate. And it's a discussion about trans because there are physical advantages, that's disadvantages, you know, variants. Uh, between the genders so to me it makes sense um, but uh, but for art what advice do you have as a man or a woman to act so this shouldn't be it should be just best actor and that's it just you're acting doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman are you good at acting or not I mean yes it matters for the particular role but now if I'm now judging you on how well you acted if you're a male lead or a female lead what does it matter you know what I mean I'm just judging on your acting. Like, if anything, I'd say there's more merit in uh, gendered roles, gendered categories for things like directing and writing purely because of representation. Then you might want to create a protective space for women. You see what I mean? Because of underrepresentation, right? I, I, I would understand that. But women are underrepresented as actors. They're not. So I don't understand why there's different categories. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know, it's just what I thought. Um, right, is there anything more I want to talk about uh, on Zipod? I don't think there is. Um, no. I'm going to have to mash these two files together, which is annoying, because basically it stopped recording while I was driving. Um, so you're going to hear a weird kind of mash of... Just different tones, but it's all right. It should work. Um, okay, let's just hit the dear Deirdre and get indoors. Um, that's uh, I see. Want this bloody light to stop. Um, right. I was just checking. We're still recording. Yeah, we're still on. All right, that's fine. Um. Right. Dear Deirdre, hot threesome with couple I nanny for are so much better than sex with my ex. All right. Um, first and foremost, I hope you don't need this nanny job. <laughs> like, if you're if this is something you need, please start looking for another job because this will not end well. You can't be bagging both your bosses. Um it's yeah it's just it's fun it's fun at the moment but it won't end in fun so trust me 
Threesomes never end well. Um, dear Deirdre, I'm having red hot threesome with a couple I work for. I don't know if I can face going back to boring missionary sex with an ex who wants to try again. I'm 28. I work as a nanny for a couple I really get on with. The wife is 37 and the husband's 38. I have always liked them, especially as they don't treat me like staff. I mean, I hope not. It's like, if that's how they treat all their staff. It's like, sorry, nanny, you have to wait uh, till Thursday because we're bagging the chef. Um, I don't normally drink much, but last April, the two children I look after went to stay with their grandparents. So there's no need for you to be there. You're a nanny. The kids aren't there. You're not nannying anymore. Uh, we were all joking that we had... Oh, what the fuck's that noise? Oh, it's my water. Jesus, I got... That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, we were all joking that we had nothing to do without the children there, so we cooked a meal and had drinks together. Like, why are you there? Do you live there? Maybe you live there, I don't know. By midnight, it was getting very flirty between all three of us. And when the wife started running her fingers up my arm, I felt so turned on. Jesus. Next, we started kissing and then the husband joined in. We all had sex in the lounge and then went up to their bed for more. It was amazing. I had always struggled to orgasm, but I climaxed multiple times that night. You've been unlocked. You've been unlocked. That is what you like. Yeah, you can't go back now. You've been unlocked. Um, I am... A really practical person and can separate work from sex as can they so the experience hasn't made things awkward at all mad since then we've all gone to bed together at least twice a week they had taught me incredible things about getting intimate and my body uh, but now my boyfriend of three years who broke up with me last march wants us to get back together nah it can't happen i did love him i thought we'd ultimately get married but i'm not sure i can go back to how boring it was in bed he's a two He's a two minutes, lights off, missionary kind of guy. I'm planning to get back together with him and continue my special arrangement uh, with my employers in secret. Stopping it isn't an option. Nah, listen, you can't do both. You can't have your cake and eat it. You know what I mean? You can't just be boring mystery on, on the main plate and wild threesomes on the side. You, you got to... You know what I mean? You, you, you can't be doing that. Um, so no, you just leave your boyfriend, you don't need to get back with him, or you tell your boyfriend about the sex you want, and then you do that sex, um, so I don't know, anyway, there's this one, last one, no joke, my husband idolises his comic brother and always puts him first, oh, let's see if this is about me, <laughs> I doubt it, I'm just missing, I'm just missing the root, I'm just missing the root, um, since he reconnected with his half-brother, my partner has changed so much. He thinks his brother is famous. Wow. But he's just a comedian who performs a stand-up routine in pubs and clubs. Jesus! This woman don't rate this guy at all. Any plans we have are always cancelled to accommodate his brother. It has been like this for four years. I'm 29. My partner is 33. His half-brother is 28. It's not me. Um, he, he only sees my partner... Uh, when he wants someone to take him to venues out of town. I do everything for my partner. I've, I feel I do all the giving and him to take in. I have had enough of being second best. Do what you want to do. This is what you want to do. You want to start doing stand-up. 
you start doing stand-up, you start getting more successful than the brother, it fucks up the whole thing. It's going to fuck up everyone's base. The the comedy ain't going to be comedy anymore. Yeah, your husband won't like it that you're funny. The, The brother will hate it. And that's how you get your husband back. By pissing everyone else off. Start going, yeah, start doing your own gigs. Honestly, it won't take you long. If you think he's just a pub guy, then just go do it. And you'll you'll outperform him. Or you'll work out how hard it is to do comedy. Um, But that still doesn't change the fact that your husband's been a bit of a neglectful bastard. So um, I bet you haven't even spoke to your husband, have you? You've just bitched and moaned. Um, Speak to him. See what he says. All right. Last one. Last one. Last one. Then I've got to go in. Um, Raw. This is this this got to be gay, right? Yeah, okay. I don't want my boyfriend going on a holiday with my hands with my handsy friend. So this is your friend. Jeez, okay. Although I totally trust my boyfriend, I feel uneasy about him going for a weekend away with our mates. I can't go because of work. I'm a gay man of 36. My boyfriend's 37. We've been together for 2 years. The issue is I don't trust one of my friends. Jeez. He don't respect other res- other relationships and i'm worried that after a few drinks my my friend's hands will start wandering over my boyfriend even the thought of it stressed me out and i haven't said anything to my boyfriend as i don't want to come across as insecure don't say anything to your boyfriend i'll tell you why all right gay straight when that seed is planted in your head right now your boyfriend is for you you just think about going on holiday that's it so when this guy tries it on he's like what the hell are you doing right if you bring it up now before they go, he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And then the moment his brain goes silent, he's going to pop into his head the idea of smashing this other dude. And he's like, oh, no, like, I couldn't do that. I mean, and then he, he starts rationalising. Well, I mean, he's yeah, kind of good looking. I've had this before. I've had ex-girlfriends obsess about another girl. Like, whether it's a friend or another girl on my course or whatever, they've obsessed about her because of just one incident. Like, not even... You know what I mean? Sometimes minor, like, you've spoke to them in a the, the bar and it's just one of those ones that you, you just flat in. Right? In your head, it would have just passed as nothing. Because they keep on talking about that girl, your brain starts wondering. Your brain starts connecting. Because she keeps on talking about it. You go to sleep, you have a dream. It's like, oh, okay. And then what happens? Lo and behold, me and my ex break up. And within a few months, who's the first person I ended up in bed with? The person they've gone, I told you, I told you you liked them. I told you, I didn't, I didn't even think about it, but you've just had it in my bloody head. (laughs) They became forbidden fruit. You know what I mean? So that's what happens. So don't say anything to your boyfriend beforehand. That's what I'll say there. Um, His last... What the fuck was that? Oh, there's my hat. Um, right, his last boyfriend drove him mad because he always was accusing him of being unfaithful. Yeah, see, so you literally got to drive him into the hands of this other dude. Don't do it. Um, right, I think that's the end of the pod. Uh, I've got anything else to promote? No, like I said, chicken shed on Friday the 20th. Then after that, don't be on gig until the 31st.
because Comedy Fest has been cancelled. It's been postponed to, to May next year. So I'm not getting to the 31st. So that is the end of the pod, people. Uh, peace.